Hi everyone, welcome to This Is The Sound, a podcast where we bring you stories from a diverse array of creators working to create positive change in the Lasonde community and beyond. My name is Denise and I'll be your host for today's episode. So sit back, relax, be inspired and learn something new with us. On today's episode, we are joined by Brandon Loy, an electrical engineering alumnus who now works as a software engineer at Tesla. Brandon tells us about his work experience and how he bridged the gap from an electrical engineering degree to a job as a software engineer. He also tells us about his time at Lausanne and gives his advice to newly graduated students. Hi, Brandon. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing this morning? Hi, Denise. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the This Is The Sound podcast. Um, we're so excited to have you here. So before we actually get into the details of our conversation today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you studied at Lassonde, and yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm Brandon. I was a Lassonde uh, electrical engineering student. I'm now an alumni. A little bit about myself. I, I always like to mess around with electronics. That's one of the reasons I chose to go into electrical engineering. I chose York University because of how close it was to my hometown. I'm originally from Brampton, Ontario. So going to York was a good option for me to save money while going to school. Um, one thing I'm curious about is how you made the switch from electrical engineering to software engineering. So how did that happen? Yeah, it didn't happen overnight. I thought that's for sure. Um, when I started electrical engineering, I was kind of shocked at how much programming that we had to do in the, you know, in the degree courses. Like these weren't even technical electives. These were like core credits for electrical engineering. And there was so much, so many different software skills. I didn't realize that I wanted to switch into software while in school, actually. I worked two summers as a research intern for the atmospheric science department. I worked under Mark Gordon in his atmospheric science lab. In that time, I did a lot of data processing, involved a lot of scripting. And I just realized that one of the most important skill sets that I was picking up was programming. Obviously, it wasn't my intention to go into software. Otherwise, I would have chosen software engineering or computer engineering. But it just naturally turned out that I was using my software skills more often than my electrical engineering skills. So when I was working at Celestica, I, again, was using more software skills and then just decided, you know what, maybe for my career, I should try to go into software. Um, speaking of Celestica, how was that? Like, was that the first job in the industry? And how do you feel like that prepared you for the stuff you're doing and the stuff you want to do in the future? Yeah, so when I first started undergrad, I wanted to go into the power industry. I was very hesitant about going into manufacturing. Wesca, for those who don't know, is the electronics manufacturer for aerospace and defense. So I, I was worried about getting trapped into the manufacturing industry, and I guess that's kind of what's happening to me, but you know, it's, I'm enjoying it so far. So at Celestica, I worked on a lot of test automation and automating document creation. That involves a lot of Python and JavaScript automation. Yeah, so those were the skills that I was refining while working at Celestica. So later, when I was applying for other internships, I applied at Tesla. I applied for a position on the factory firmware team as an integration engineer. And basically, you're doing exactly that. You're automating uh, vehicle self-test during manufacturing. So um, just tell us briefly what an average day with you at Tesla is like. Sure. So my team is called the factory firmware team. Um, we're part of the firmware organization, which means, you know, the rest of my team is in California, but my local Austin factory firmware team, we're located in the Austin, Texas factory. And our job is to validate firmware packages as they're released. We do that by 
self-testing vehicles while they go through manufacturing and conducting sleep testing, which is basically looking at the behavior of the vehicle while it's sleeping to ensure there's no power losses and whatnot. But at a high level, our job is to validate and confirm the integrity of Tesla firmware before it's shipped out to customers. So my average day, I'm in the factory on site. I'm working cross-functionally with production teams, new product introduction teams, quality teams, and the rest of the firmware organization. We're working together to deploy new changes to the product every day. Okay, so what would you like most about the job? I'd say I like the unique set of challenges. We, I mean, I, I know that's pretty generic, but my background is in hardware, and my, I was always more interested in like, like things like serial communication and whatnot. But now, my day to day is more of using like um, deployment pipelines, things like Jenkins, using Python to orchestrate different programs that are running on the car, for example. So it's a wide variety. When we have issues, they manifest themselves as, let's say, a coolant pump is broken. You have to use your electronics troubleshooting skills as well as your software skills in order to like really root cause and address what the problem is. So I like the variety of challenges. Nice. I was actually going to ask you what the biggest challenges you faced are, but it seems like you like the challenges. So are there any aspects that you find challenging, like you don't really like to deal with? Well, it's not that I don't really like to deal with this, but I'd say the hardest thing to do it's harder than technical problems. I guess in some, at some level it is a technical problem, but working with all the different teams and everyone being on the same page, here things are evolving very rapidly. Our systems are always changing. Our requirements are always changing. Dates are always changing. Having everybody on the same page, which is you know production, which involves all the people actually building cars, their managers, supervisors. We have quality teams. We have new product introduction team who's always bringing new parts and new things that we have to, we all have to work together to create a harmony in the workflow. Otherwise, it's just mm-hmm. chaos. So getting everybody on the same page and just working cross-functionally, I'd say, is the biggest challenge. So would you mind going back a bit and telling us about your university experience? Because I know that also involves a lot of group work. Um, yeah. And for a lot of people, the most daunting part, myself included. <laughs> so um, what was your university experience like at Lithon and work at large? Yeah, no, I think no matter where you go, working in a group, whether it be a school project or a large team at work, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, my experience in university offered many opportunities to work on teamwork skills. Despite being a commuter, I was very involved with activities at school. I had on-campus jobs. I worked on campus during the summer. I also took summer courses. Spending a lot of time on campus, I got to know, um, you know, different groups of students. I got closer with some faculty members. It created a lot of opportunities for me to work in school with different teams, right? So I worked in the physics department as a lab technician. There I got to work with, you know, the physics team, for example. And then I was an EECS teaching assistant. So every semester we had a new set of teaching assistants we would work with. And obviously a new set of students. So that exposure to like, you know, teaching and to like working with all these different groups of, you know, graduate students for TAs. I got to work with many different groups and I saw all kinds of the different issues that you get in the group setting. So I definitely feel that like being involved on campus, is like the most important thing for any university student. 
trying to, you know, get jobs on like work study positions, teaching assistant positions if applicable. I think before I was a teaching assistant, I actually used to volunteer with Excelathon as well, which was kind of like a, you know, a good way to expose myself to explaining things in, you know, non-technical terms and, and just working cross-functionally with people with, that are at a different, different stage in their education. Nice. So um, what would you say was the best part of being at York? Man, that's a, a really hard question. Because, yeah, I think the best part about going to school at York was the number of, uh, op- of experiential learning opportunities that I had at York. And I'm not just talking about co-op or anything. Like, I had opportunities to work in, uh, you know, physics lab as a lab technician, as well as a research assistant for atmospheric science department. When you're like a Lura or Enser research assistant, you have a lot of freedom in how you conduct your your summer project, right? I mean, I guess it depends on your relationship with your professor or supervisor. But I worked a lot on like data processing, and I was given a lot of freedom of making the project come to life. Like I, the responsibility was on me. The professor didn't tell me how to do it, and I think like having those challenges really pushed me to be able to be flexible and being able to fit into whatever role I need to fit into. So, um, could you please tell us more details about this project that you worked on? Um, what exactly it entailed, and yeah, that sort of thing. Right. So this was actually my second summer research job that I had with the atmospheric science department. The goal was to develop a cheap and easy method of estimating vertical wind profile. So what we would do is release a helium balloon of a known buoyancy into the air, and we would track it with a a theodolite. And you just need two devices. So you could have used two of the devices I made or two theodolites. Anyway, the device I made was basically a vision system that used a digital camera and accelerometer. And what you would do is you would film the balloon as it travels through the atmosphere. And based on the angular position that you point the camera, which is measured by the accelerometer, and using the known buoyancy, you would um, create an estimate of what the X, Y wind directions are at every height. So atmospheric scientists use this. They're called sounding. They use it in weather predictions and you know, pollution dispersion models and this kind of thing. That sounds so interesting. Um, so what would you say is the benefit of doing research projects as an undergraduate student? Because um, working here at Lestand, I'm seeing that there are a lot of opportunities for students in general. Um, but when it comes to research projects, it seems to be like a unique opportunity that a lot of students don't really seem um, to know that they exist. And by that, I'm referring to research projects. Yeah, I mean, it's a great exposure to the world of grad school. Like when you're conducting these undergraduate research projects, usually you'll like, you'll go with the other grad students in your lab and you'll attend like their conferences. You'll see their, I forget what they call the defense, right? PhD defense. Um, they'll also be symposiums where like, you know, other other schools, grad students will come and present their work. So it's just good exposure into the world of grad school. And, you know, it's, it's a great way to stay involved on campus and feel like connected. Nice. So um, what would you say were the things that really stood out for you um, during your journey here at York, apart from the research and summer jobs that you did? I would say it was it was always fun interacting with different groups in the Bergeron Center and the Lafon building. When I started at, at York, or the Bergeron Center was still under construction. Only the first floor was open. So, you know, every month it was like a new floor of the Bergeron Center would open. And it was always just exciting to go exploring and, you know, 
group of students who are in the same position as you. You know, you're all first year engineering students. You have no idea what you're, what you're getting yourself into. And yeah, it's just a good time. And, you know, seeing the funny, the, the work ethics that you see change depend on where you hang out on school, right? Like you'll find Lausanne students all around the Bergeron Center and the Lausanne building. But I, I feel like in the Bergeron Center, I was always having a really great time and not getting much studying done. And in the Lausanne building, you know, it might have been the opposite. I was there pulling my hair out, but I was getting a lot of work done. So just working through the good times and the bad times with your peers, it's memories that you'll treasure. So for those of you who don't know, the Bergeron was completed in 2015. So Brandon, that means you graduated in... So I started my undergraduate degree in 2015, but I didn't graduate until 2021. So I took a total of six years to finish the degree. And one of the reasons for that is uh, I took a 16-month internship at Celestica. So that, you know, that delayed me by a whole year. But also, I had tried to lighten my course load and didn't schedule things properly. So prerequisites got messed up. And I ended up having to take a full extra year of school at the end. But, you know, I, I made the best of it. I tried to balance out my courses as much as possible so as to not burn out. Overall, I think it was a good decision. I know people are always like trying to rush to graduate, but I feel like if you can slow down and balance your courses maybe across an extra semester or two, you can really get a lot more per course because you're, you're able to focus and learn things properly instead of just rushing and cramming for the exam. Yeah, so what would you say is the, has been the most challenging part of post-grad life in terms of striking that work-life balance with hobbies and, you know, having a social life and all of that? How has that been so far? Well, I will say that my social life has taken a downturn because I've moved from Toronto to Austin, Texas. So I have a new, completely new set of friends. And, you know, I used to do a lot of canoe camping. You know, obviously, all the spots that I knew don't exist down here in Texas. And there's also a lot less crown land. So, you know, it's also the ramp up of a brand new car factory. So getting that work-life balance has definitely been a challenge for me. I think it's important to, you know, schedule your time off. And, you know, as much as you don't want to be the blocker in, you know, the day-to-day business, like you need to take time for yourself. It is extremely important. You need to like draw that boundary with your with people you work with and, let them know, hey, this week I'm going to be out. Like, you know, so-and-so will cover for me. This is what, you know, you just need to cover your bases. But you need to be very clear that like, okay, I'm going on vacation and don't call me while I'm gone. <laughs> so what do you do for fun since um, you are trying to strike the first life balance? What does that look like for you when you're like, out of office, don't hit me up, leave me alone? What will you be doing when you say that? Yeah, my favorite hobby i'd say is uh rock climbing i got into rock climbing while working at Boston. i started in the gym and then you know ontario we have the niagara experiment so i spent a lot of time up there yeah that's definitely my favorite hobby recently i've been um getting into mountain biking i just have you know about like an entry-level mountain bike and trying to get out to the trails but yeah i really like outdoor activities Thank you so much, Brandon, for joining us today. But before I let you go, um, do you have any last words of advice for students, be it York students, incoming York students, or people already at York or the fun students? What advice would you have to say for them? My piece of advice that I would give students is just because you think this skill that you're learning doesn't seem relevant now, it might be the most relevant thing you use in your job. For example, I wanted to go into power engineering. So when I was in second year, I was taking 
ECS 2031 software tool. We were learning how to use Unix, like the terminal, bash scripting, and C programming. But I thought to myself, why on earth am I learning how to use a terminal if I live in you know this decade where we have all this nice GUI for everything, blah, blah, blah. I would say that, hands down, the most important skill I've ever learned is how to use a Unix terminal. So you know, maybe just because it seems silly now, maybe it might become the most important thing you'd ever learn. Thank you so much, Brandon, for joining us and filling us in on your post-grad life, your work at Tesla, and how your song journey was. It's great being on the podcast. I'm always happy to share my learnings with fellow Lissandians. All right, everybody, that was Brandon Loy. I hope he inspired you to get involved on campus and find opportunities that will further your interests and your career. As a recent graduate myself, I for sure was here taking notes when he spoke about finding a work-life balance. Until next time, thank you for listening to This is the Sound.